We live in a fantasy world now. Reality has been destroyed. This is the time that we really need to pay attention. The probabilities are overwhelmingly on gold's side. That is the best environment to see gold increase its value. Welcome to Palisades Gold Radio. I'm your host, Tom Bodrovics. Joining me today is Patrick Karim from NorthstarBadCharts.com. How are you today, Pat? Hey, Tom. Man, we spent so much energy talking before before the show there. I, I hope I still have some breath left. Oh, I'm sure you do. You you always have something to say, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's like... Uh... It's it's total nuts there. I went on like I'm a little war versus fundamental, but I think it I'm not at war with fundamentals. I'm just telling people what they should foc- like focus on what matters most and it's price. I know it sounds like algebra for like anybody, even me when I started trading. Mm-hmm. I, I bought I told you I bought some crappy uh, Donald Trump vodka there, penny stock stuff cuz I had money to spare. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know about risk money management. I dumped a whole bunch of money on there and during the night my heart was racing and then I followed my instinct and I, the next day I sold. But then I look at the chart, it went to zero, that thing, zero. Mm-hmm. So the lesson was, even if there's a great story, you need something that's unbiased, evidence-based and charts. It's look, even if the guy promoting a beautiful story of something that hits your heart because you like the story and you buy it, that guy could disappear. That guy might not follow up on the story. The story could change slowly and there's always a positive spin, even if the price is going down. You know how it is. They, they could spin it. Well, hold on. It's gonna, it's, it always picked up. But the chart will tell you the truth. When the momentum has broken down, just a simple trend line will tell you the momentum slowing down. Like, why stick well, there? So I, I think that, that was my... Yeah, go ahead. That was just my primary beef. I have nothing against fundamentals, but at the end of the day, fundamentals are stories or narratives. They'll only make money, those guys, if the price goes in the direction. The, the, I'm sorry, Warren Buffett, you could buy Coca-Cola, but if if Coca-Cola price is going down, even if he believes in the management of Coca-Cola, he's not going to make any money, right? So mm-hmm. price is number one. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's two important lessons there with what you're talking about. One is about proper risk management, and the other one is maybe not being completely married to whatever asset that you've put money into, right? Is, you know, taking profits when you can and not thinking that this thing is just going to keep doing what your shirt says there. Right, Pat? Guys, to the moon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My my, my girlfriend bought me that there for Christmas there. She bought it from a Bitcoin store, but because it wasn't written Bitcoin on it, she said, oh, this is perfect. It's unbiased. It could be for any instrument, but seriously, if I if I start saying to the moon and stuff like that, you sh- even you guys should start being wary and say, okay, where are my trend lines? Where where's my my sleep mode line? Am I below the twelve month moving average? And if you don't have access to charts or not familiar with them, you won't even see that. You know, you're gonna follow this guy who says to the moon, just like when I don't want I don't want to talk about Bitcoin, but it's the same thing. When Bitcoin was going up, it's 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 it feels good, right? Mm-hmm. It's uh, you only live once. And then you buy it 50,000, then it goes to 60,000, 70,000, you're up 10%, 20%. You feel great. But what you didn't know is you should have bought back down at 10,000 when nobody was talking about it, when on the charts was breaking out. And you'll never see that if you follow Michael Saylor or, uh, sorry, I named the name, but he knows like, or whoever pumping it. (laughs) Look, I don't have nothing against pumpers, but show me chart-based evidence. Please show me something more than... It's it's a great story. Like even for miners and silver, I'm pretty sure back in 2010, uh, the Austrian economics guy was super happy. Yes, finally, 
gold and silver getting priced into their just value. The system's corrupt. There's too much debt. And that's when the fundamentals was matching just a beautiful uh, price trend in, in the charts, right? Mm-hmm. Gold was outperforming SPX. Gold, uh, SPX had broken down versus inflation. It, it was just a perfect setup. But like you said, if you get married to that, and then in 2011, silver goes down in a month or in a week, 20%, and now it's broken down. The chart at a glance will tell you something has changed, but the, the story you've built up every night you've been telling yourself while your net asset value was growing, that's hard to override. It's hard because it's like a belief system. You're, you're religious and you, for 40 years you've believed whatever, and, what, and I'm there, I'm telling you, no, you have to be an atheist, you have to be an atheist. And then you don't want to believe me. And one day, or even your subconscious says, Patrick, he makes sense, right? There is nothing behind, like whatever. It's hard. And the day that you do believe what I say, it breaks your whole system. Then you look and say, oh man, I spent 40 years going to, to church and believing all this stuff. It, it, it hurts, right? But the, the thing is, it's like your first relationship. I have so many analogies. It's like your first relationship. You remember, guys, you're in love with the girl. It's like you've, you're with her for six months. You think you're going to marry her. But over time, after each heartbreak, you understand, you see the bigger picture, right? So the faster you're, you are to break your, your belief in the story, that why you bought, and there's other stories, and it's the aggregate of all these stories that everybody has that put their money behind those stories in the stock market. Uh, the, the more you get used to changing your mind, I don't care about Bitcoin. Oh, I could be Banana Inc. Oh, bananas are breaking out. Let's go bananas. <laughs> as soon as you're able to flip-flop, because look, if, if Bitcoin ever breaks out again in four, five, six years, I'll, I'll go long. Mm-hmm. Look, I don't care if, if, it, if it's uh, the next, if it's sound money or not. I do not care. I'm not buying for that reason. I'm buying it because the chart's breaking out. I get a good low risk entry for high reward. That's what I want to play, you know? And mm-hmm. look, I love gold. I love silver from the Austrian, the, the uh, economics. Like th- that appeals to me that that uh, the Austrian economics, all that sound money stuff, I, it appeals to me from inside. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to be long gold and silver until silver breaks out above. Now it's a descending trend line, so it, it needs a close above maybe uh, 26, 27. We could go in details later. I could show a chart, the specifics mm-hmm. of where I think when it breaks out. That's when you wager your actual own money. You don't have to be invested, even if you believe in a story. Let the story there. It's beautiful. Talk about it with your friends, everybody. You don't have to put your money until the chart tells you, okay, it's time. Mm-hmm. It's like um, these guys have been proning gold and silver forever. Uh, they could be right in the, in the storytelling department, but in the charts, you shouldn't have been in gold or silver post-2012 when SPX was breaking out versus uh, produced price index versus gold. You shouldn't have been in those. You should have mm-hmm. taken a hiatus. You should have went long all these tech stocks and make these great returns. Because I remember back in 2009 or 10, everybody was waiting for the implosion of tech stocks. Nobody thought they'd rally. And even in 2015, I think we talked before, there's some guys calling the end of the world in 2015, calling the end of the stock market in 2016. Jesus, it took to, when did the market start rolling over? 2021? <laughs> like, that would have ruined your your NAV, your net asset value there if you didn't have the markets, what did they say? The markets could stay rational than than uh, your capital, right? The markets so, can stay irrational longer than rational. you can stay solvent. That's right. Mm-hmm. That that is common sense. So, guys, you- well, you know, Pat, that was that kind of goes to the point of something that again we were talking about earlier is 
analyzing your wins just as as thoroughly as you analyze losses, right? If if you got into a trade and you got lucky, that makes that makes zero sense to to re- repeat that that framework and and have that that confirmation bias of oh right on I made some money, but if you made it just because you got lucky, that doesn't teach you anything, right? It's super dangerous. It's uh, you'll double down. So it's like you go to casino, bet on red, uh, and then after that, red hits. Oh, cool. I was right. My 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 for whatever story the the moons something telling you I was right. You do it again, and again, and eventually you'll you'll just uh, you'll give it all back, guys. Eventually. Mm-hmm. So the best lessons you could have is like me. I had with my Donald Trump vodka, and even after the Donald Trump vodka, I played a few other penny stocks, guys. I'm not a. I didn't learn on my first uh, scare <laughs> because I didn't have any other until I read Stan Weinstein's Secret for Profiting in Bear Markets, based where he tells you fundamentals. They're Put that aside. Study the price. I kept. I kept doing the same I, because in my toolbox, I didn't have a lot of tricks. I kept doing the same thing. So I played a whole bunch of other stuff. And yeah, the best lesson: get scared, lose a little bit of money. Hopefully, don't lose a lot. Learn your lesson fast. You know, like get scared straight. You know, really uh, get some good scares because even with chart trading, you still have to apply sound risk and money management because it's never hundred mm-hmm. percent. I'm not like charts. You could be wrong 50% of the time, 40% of the time with your, your charts, you put in your charge, you identified your entry, your sell stop. Uh, sometimes you get greedy on the targets. And then after that, you don't reach your targets and then the price goes back down. Well, if, if all those types of scenarios could happen, or even you get emotional in your trade, you, you did a thing based on chart trading, but then you get emotional, you get caught up in the YOLO, you don't sell or whatever, or you double down. Oh man, it's going up. I'm going to add more. Don't respect your, your own risk money management. Then you need, you need to have those sell stops. You need to have initially not wagered more than a quarter percent of your entire nav and this. Okay. Yeah. It's a perfect time maybe to do a tangent on that. When people tell you that Bitcoin went up 700% or Tesla went up 10,000%. Those are big numbers. And what what a new investor does is takes 10,000%. He takes whatever money he has investable in the stock market and he does multiplies times 10. Oh, look, I have 100K. Oh, look, if I would have done that trade, I would have been a millionaire by now, right? But that means you would have had to risk 100% of everything you had in that one trade. But like you said, you could have got lucky, but maybe the first time you try like people trying not people that are hearing the stories of the guys who made a whole bunch of money with Bitcoin. If you're not lucky and you're just buying on these paradigm shift turns, then you're betting at the wrong time and your 100 K will, will, will wipe you out. Your emotional capital will get destroyed uh, emotionally. If you're already weak of health, that, that, that could throw you down uh, like a spiral that's way worse than just losing the money. So you need what actually happens with these gains that went up tenfold the guy did not bet 100K. He bet maybe 5% of, of, of his uh, net worth in that trade. And maybe that's too much. So that 5%, it didn't go up. It's not 100K that went up 10 times. It's 5K that went up 10 times. So his NAV didn't go to from 100,000 to a million. It went up from 100,000 to 150,000. Mm-hmm. That's the reality of it. That's how professional chart traders or professional traders do to survive year after year after year. Look, you look at all the professional traders out there, seriously, 
even take fundamental guys like Warren Buffett. I don't know what's his average is, 18% per year, whatever. Uh, professional chart traders, 30% per year. Sometimes they go down 15% per year. So if somebody's selling you that you're going to go up tenfold in one year, run away, run away. It's like, that's not going to happen, guys. Even like on our website with, uh, with Kevin, that's not our average. This year, we did like say 19%. Uh, previous year, maybe, I, I don't know what it is, 20, 30%. It's, those are the numbers, realistic numbers of your net asset value that could go up. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, if somebody tells you that they, they, their, their net asset value went from 100K to 1 million, that means they took unnecessary risk. That, that's what it, I have flashing light bulbs. The first question I'm going to ask is, how much did you risk on that trade? What if, what if you were wrong? That's always, that, that's a great question. What if your thesis is wrong? Mm-hmm. And people, they, they have such conviction in the beautiful storytelling that people talk in absolutes. Mm-hmm. Like, where's the margin for error, you know? So, Pat, maybe give us an example of where the chart or technical analysis has led the fundamentals only to be explained later by, by a narrative. Ah. Well, beautiful example. I'll show you. This is a classic one. I'll share my screen. So gold had a beautiful breakout in hollow candles in June. of This is probably the, be- the most beautiful of all breakouts. You'll see an eight-year pattern. In June of 2019, gold breaks out. Nobody was talking about inflation back then. And I'll, I'll show you. Look what inflation was doing back in when gold was breaking out. Inflation was actually going down. Even here, when gold bottomed back in 2018, when it started mounting a rally, just like here, inflation was actually kept going down when gold was starting to go up. So if you're there following the fundamentals, you're waiting for that um, macro fundamental news, right? The CPI, everybody's looking at the CPI. Oh, if there's high CPI, then... uh, uh, gold should go up, right? There's going to be inflation. But look, it, it was opposite, the opposite. Gold was leading this move. Gold was sniffing out this eventual move up. And then you got the COVID drop. But even on the drop, I'll show you what happened on this massive drop here. Look at it. It's dropping. On This is a um, Japanese candles, guys. This one here. So during the month, gold was all the way up here. And during the month, it was at its highest 1700 and during that same month, it was all the way down to 1450. Wow, that's slow. But it ended the month flat, pretty much flat. That's where it is. Mm-hmm. So while inflation was plummeting, and this is when you got these guys, deflation, blah, 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 all these goals going to 900, it's the end of the world. Gold was telling you, hold on, there's volatility on the smart time frames. There's huge, the CPI was crashing, but gold says, uh-uh, there's something down the pipe, coming down the pipe. Your purchasing power will get destroyed to, to keep this, this whole show afloat and gold look what it was pricing it was pricing the the eventual rise up here mm-hmm. and then even when cpi was go- kept going up and then that's when the crowd got in gold right? oh cpi is going up i have to buy gold well gold had already priced that in and was topping by way before all this so if you're waiting for the cpi to buy gold see if you're waiting for confirmation of the cpi to break out to start buying gold you're too you're you're practically too late you have to wait until it goes down. Gold actually, I have a few charts. Gold actually bottoms before the CPI. And you see it here, right? CPI is going down, gold's going up. CPI is going down, gold's bottoming. And look, what's gold telling you now? Gold is telling you 
that there's a high, there's a good probability chance right now that CPI is close to uh, bottoming. It's telling you that if ever CPI doesn't bottom, then gold will tell us again, it will hit this resistance. Gold will start going back down against, oh, okay, maybe CPI is not bottoming and then it's going to do something like that and CPI will keep crumbling. But right now, gold's telling you that if ever we were in a recession, we're probably, the worst is through it. If there's a new bigger recession around the corner, then of course, this type of scenario will probably happen. But right now, gold is not telling you that. Gold is telling you that there's a recovery in progress or else it, would, it, would, it wouldn't behave this way, guys. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, Pat, maybe that's a good point to go to that other recession chart that we, we uh, had looked at before. Let me bring it back. Okay, yeah. Well, here's the silver chart, guys. I have data points going to 70s, so the, the metals didn't quite be- behave that way back in 70s. But silver, when it's the end of the world, right? Because when the dot-com bubble crashes, it brings everything down, the GDP, and then we hit a recession. Well, look, silver bottomed exactly because remember, these, re- these recessions, guys, These uh, the green overlays are the recessions as defined by the Fed. But in real time, Often these are backfilled, right? They say, okay, finally, uh, we revised the data and the recession. So we could be in a recession right now. We don't know yet. But if you look at the metals, the metal will give you clues of what the market is telling you about where the recession is in its progression. So in the 2000.com bubble, it'd be fun. I'd love to have a snapshot of the recessions as they were declared in real time. I don't have that data. Mm -hmm. Like in... 20, in, you know what I mean? Like in the, when was this green overlay? When did it start actually? When, when, when was it, it actually, officially acknowledged? Yes. Yes. I, I'm super curious. I was trying, I, I went down that rabbit hole. I was trying to find that data because I want to know how far behind the curve they are in putting that. And that's another thing. If you're waiting for the market, the fundamentals, macro fundamentals defined, not by the charts, but by an official entity telling you when there's a recession or not, it's it's too late. So here it is, silver's bottoming before, and it's, it's refusing to do new lows, and it's it's breaking out. Look at the the great the GFC. Look at the recession started before silver crumbled. In in retrospect, silver started going down probably before the recession was officially declared. Silver metal was telling you here's there's a trend line telling you hey something's wrong man. Uh, it started selling off, selling off, selling off. And here you're still in a recession and silver's going up. And if you're waiting for, for the for the Fed to tell you that recession is over, silver already is already breaking out, it's already moving up, you know. March Madness, same thing, silver bottom directly at the worst. The recession was at the at the worst, and the recession was still declared while silver was covering. So right now, this chart's a little bit old, but silver's pre- it's a little higher right now there than this chart. This chart, I did it in November. So it's already moving up to this wake-up line. It's possible that in hindsight, we're going to have this type of green overlay here. It doesn't mean we can't have a bigger green overlay like a little later here, but it's very possible that the worst of this smallish recession is past us. Mm-hmm. Pat, you had another recession. Yeah, this one. This one, yeah, okay. This makes this chart, guys, makes the case that we're not even a huge recession is on around the corner. These again, the green overlays, the recessions, I have data since 1970. What you see at the top here is the Fed fund rate multiplied by the total public debt. This is like my market saturation level, where if the Fed fund rates are too high versus the total public debt, 
there's a cleansing that needs to happen. Either they need it creates some stress in the system where we go into recession, where initial claims, uh, jobless claims spike up. These are the orange line is the initial claims spiking up. And that total, the Fed fund rates multiplied by the total public debt, no matter what the rates are, it unwinds, right? Either the mm-hmm. Fed fund rates goes down or the total public debt goes down and it, it uh, alleviates the pressure. So we're in the 70s. As initial claims rocket up, the, the Fed fund rates are probably dropping to save the U.S. equities or, and uh, the total public debt also may be dropping, but that ratio, that not that ratio, but that multiplied total burden, saturated debt. I'm putting a whole bunch of adjectives. <laughs> it's, it's unwinding. Mm-hmm. And the initial claims are going up. And that happens during a recession. Initial claims shoot up during a recession. Initial claims shoot up, recession, recession, shoot up, recession, recession, recession. Uh, here, the March Madness one, recession. Look, we haven't shot up yet. Mm-hmm. So right now, there is room for a spike in initial claims. So yes, for those that think a bigger recession is going to come, uh, it's it's right around the corner. It's there, guys, because every single time that the initial claims have shot up, there was a recession uh, that was declared during it. Like it could start shooting up and then it could be during the latter age stages, but that will shoot up. And I think I have another chart here. Okay. Yeah, Pat, you know, it makes me wonder what kind of data gets put into those initial jobless claims numbers, like how they define those. Like I know I've talked a couple times recently with, you know, Daniel DiMartino Booth, for example, talking about how people that are still on severance pay or getting paid out in their packages that they they're counted as still having a job. So it makes me wonder what defines an initial jobless claim and, and how that data um, gets compiled. If if you have, you know, the, the saying of garbage in garbage out, if you have garbage coming in, it makes me wonder how, how useful that, that metric ends right. up being, but you know, looking at this over time, it certainly makes sense with with what we're talking about. You just you just made the best argument for for people to to. Uh, okay, I'm not going to say dump fundamentals, but <laughs> to prioritize them less, spend more time on the price and actually what the market reacts to actual stuff, mm-hmm. not what it's supposed to, based on Keynesian or Austrian like. Even if the initial claims are bamboozled, even if the CPI is bamboozled. Does it really matter? Because I know that it's about rate of change. It's about initial claims going down and then rate of change flipping and spiking up. It it shocks the system. And whoever's reacting to it, it's creating a recession here. It's creating, and I'll show you what it creates on the other chart. It's the end result, guys, that matters. It's you making money. It's you buying an asset that nobody cares about. And that's starting to create momentum. That's starting to appreciate distancing itself from its moving average. That's what you want to buy. You don't want to buy something that's been outpacing its moving average for 10 years. And then it's starting to wind down when you start hearing about the feel-good stories. Mm-hmm. Here I have the initial claim. So it's a black line on this chart. This is the gold to SPX ratio. I've been like shouting on, on rooftops that gold, for to have a precious bull market, you need gold to outperform the SPX. And... If you, I overlay the silver chart to the gold to SPX ratio, I overlay the oil chart, uranium chart, any miners, practically all miners, they track gold 
able to siphon capital flow. So let's say there's the M2 or whatever money supply. If gold is able to take more money supply than SPX and outperform SPX, then all these instruments in the precious metals complex and the commodity complex will have tailwinds instead of headwinds. So I overlay that with the initial claims. And when the initial claims break, I have a historical breakout line here. It's that orange line, Mm -hmm. that red line. When initial claims break out, it's a bottom for gold versus SPX. And it actually starts moving up here in 1970, 1973. Look exactly where they both go up together. Uh, the 2000s right here, I could have drawn the initial claims. I could have drawn a beautiful trend line break. What happened? Gold bottom versus PX shot up even here in 2000. Beautiful, beautiful uh, trend line breakout. What happens? Gold breaks out versus PX. And we're right here again. Markets, US equities bottom when the initial claims are topping out. Gold bottoms when initial claims are breaking out. So when initial claims start breaking out to the upside, that's when gold has definitely put a bottom behind it. And gold bottoms when initial claims are re- or at historical low lows, right? That's when it doesn't mean it has a low gold, but it has a potential of putting in the low when versus US equities when the initial claims are starting to hit rock bottom. But as a chart trader, you don't care if it's historically low. You don't buy it because it's low. It could stay low forever. It could stay low and go even lower. You want to buy low, but that's actually showing you that the momentum is changing and it's breaking out above a trend line. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm keeping a lie on this, Tom. When the initial claims go above 240000 I'm going to be looking. There's a high probability chance that the gold versus SPX chart will also be breaking out. Silver is going to look great. And... Finally, there's going to start being a little bit of interest, maybe a little bit of interest in the precious metal sector once again, but we're, we're not there yet there, but we're getting really close to it. And I think a big part of that is just that, that capital rotation that you guys talk about a lot, right? Yes. Yes. It's this, guys. This is the chart. So this is the gold versus SPX ratio right here, uh, 1963 since today. Look, I overlaid the precious metals fund. That's the ASA ticker, guys. It's a, it's the oldest precious metals fund I could find. It's a mixture of gold and silver companies. And what's fun about it, it's even the bad companies get out of there. You know, there might be some mining companies that don't exist anymore. They put new ones in. So it's kind of our SPX, right? It's our ETF to show. And it has longer data series than the Huey or the XAU, like the other stuff were JDX, you know? But look what happened in the 70s. Capital flows going into gold. What happens to the precious metals fund? It shoots up. The capital flows leaving in favor of SPX. The precious metals fund goes down, etc. Look, it tracks it pretty damn close. Here I have a Pan American Silver, and the same thing, a silver company is following it also. And the Silver Junior Miners ETF, SILJ guys, everybody's following that. So, because I had a question, I was wondering how, how, what would SILJ look like if it had data going back to the 70s? Well, I don't have, I have that answer now. It's going to look exactly like the precious metals fund. And if even if, even if I didn't have the precious metals fund, there's a high likelihood that it's going to look exactly like the gold to SPX chart. And the silver metal guys, it tracks out. I could have put silver on that chart. It looks like that. So mm-hmm. gold needs to break out versus SPX. If gold is able to uptrend versus SPX, we're all going to look like geniuses. All, all of us, <laughs> even the guys with uh, crappy mining company stocks, they're, they're going to look great, guys. 
So this is what we have to wait for. We need to make sure that U.S. And this is another thing about racial charts. The, this ratio could be going up with SPX also going up. And there's a high likelihood that once gold breaks out versus SPX, it's not because uh, gold is going up by itself or because SPX is going down necessarily. It might happen at the beginning of the bear market or the crash that gold gets up, SPX goes down. What's actually probably going to happen is gold and SPX will be going up together, but gold will be going up faster. So if something's going up faster than something else, you want to be in that fastest horse. I don't care how much you love the story of the SPX, you love the story of Coca-Cola, whatever is a la mode, you know, whatever is fancy. Mm -hmm. You want to be in the fastest horse. So you look at racial charts to know. Look, this is another way to see racial charts, guys. Let's say you you owned SPX or gold, or you, I didn't give you the choice of cashing out the fiat. You said you have, you have, you could own the, the SPX 500 or own gold. Well, use a racial chart. Racial chart is going to tell you when you're supposed to swap one for the other, right? And you'll, when the trend ends, so let's say gold is breaking down versus SPX, you swap all your SPX into gold. And when gold is breaking down versus SPX, then you swap all your gold for SPX but you'll have way more shares of SPX because you're actually creating out of thin air SPX shares by not holding them while they underperform gold. And when your ounces of gold is worth so much more shares of SPX, you switch back. Mm -hmm. And then as your shares of SPX outperform gold on the inverse, when that cycle starts the upside, then you swap all your SPX shares for ounces of gold. But people have been doing that with gold to silver ratio. You could do it with any two instrument. So if you, if you don't, it's just not about somebody injecting new money in the markets, but if you already own SPX or gold and you want to keep owning both of them, then you could use a ratio chart to uh, to increase your uh, your amount of each you have. Mm -hmm. So Pat, are there any other, let's say, factors that you're looking at to confirm a new a new bull market for gold? Let's say if you see the miners start to move versus the underlying metal or something like that? Yeah, we could see that. There's there's examples where the uh, the miners do not break out versus gold first. So the the key key one seriously is the gold versus SPX. If you had only one to check out, it would be that one. Okay. Uh, after that, there's others like subsequent. You could call them as tier two type of racial charts where it's bullish evidence. Like here, I have FedEx chart. FedEx when FedEx outperforms SPX, we're in a recovery mode. And silver loves that at the beginning stages. That comes back to telling you that U.S. equities might not be crashing when gold and silver. That's when people say, "Oh, gold, buy gold and silver only when U.S. equities are crashing." No, you want you want to make sure that inflation or monetary imbalances will be created by the entities to try to nominally save U.S. equities. Gold, silver will price in that and give you more premium on your buck. Look here, um, SPX, uh, FedEx. Outpacing SPX, silver goes bonkers. Uh, 2000, when SPX breaks down versus uh, when FedEx breaks out versus SPX, it was it launched to silver. And I want to see that again. I want to make sure there's no end world ca catastrophe. I want to make sure that there's no deflation event. And FedEx, uh, representing the economy or whatever tagline mm -hmm. you want to put on that, if FedEx is able to outperform SPX, it's a good sign that. That uh, we're not gonna. There's no deflation event, and silver is gonna have uh, the tail tailwinds of that. Hmm. 
So a newer thing that I've seen you start using is heat maps. So how do you find them useful and, and what goes into building building that? Yeah, the heat map was, a, I think it was an idea from Kevin there, or some of our members, they wanted to see how to better visualize at a glance um, the state of affairs. Because often, you know, there's a whole bunch of charts and for somebody who's new, it's still kind of hard to, okay, well, he's talking about that ratio, he's talking about that, outperforming that, how do I fit it? So we we created a heat map. Now I'm, I sorted, I, uh, I filtered by the word ratio. So now you see all the ratio charts that we have on our heat map. I think since then we might've added more, but then I see all the ratios. And then what I do is I sort by score. Essentially, this is the price of the chart of the ratio. Is it above the two-day moving average? It's five-day moving average, et cetera, all the way to the 700-day moving average. And then we have a, a weighted score system that if I have a score of 100, that means I'm above all these moving averages. And if I'm below at least the longest moving average, the 700-day moving average, then you start getting red scores. But what it's telling me, every day I do this, I go on the heat map, I click on score, I filter by order, right? Then I see, oh, all these are green. What is that telling me? And then I look on the left. Oh, silver's outperforming gold. Oh, silver's outperforming SPX. Oh, gold's outperforming Bitcoin, et cetera. At a glance, I could see now light bulbs. I could see evidence popping up. Without popping any of these charts up, I know silver's outperforming gold, which I know is bullish for precious metals. Gold's outperforming uh, speculative tech stocks, Bitcoin, et cetera. Uh, uranium's outperforming NASDAQ, oil outperforming SPX. This is, then you know these are good signs that the basic frameworks for an eventual breakout on the monthly chart for gold versus SPX, they're possible, right? And then if I scroll down, I see the ratios, which aren't doing so good. Then you see some ratios. Oh, Bitcoin's underperforming NASDAQ on the higher timeframes. Uh, uranium is underperforming uh, oil and gas producers on the longer timeframes. Uh, Bitcoin's underperforming Ethereum. It's a mix. But the ones I'm looking at, they are not, it's not bearish, the setup. When I did this uh, did this on December 21st, the, the, the setup was not bearish for precious metals. Event, uh, 30-year yields uh, starting to gain steam again versus the 10-year yields. On the smart timeframes, which is good, that also tracks the gold silver rate, the gold to SPX ratio going up, etc. Uh, so that's how I, we could leverage a heat map in one shot. You could you could sort. I have the, the same thing. We could filter by uh, sectors, by industries. If you want to know, this is another thing that people they when people see the SPX and say, "Oh, you bears SPX." Well, the SPX has like ten sectors or twelve sectors in it. The SPX will never go as low as its worst sector because let's say energy is only 5% of the SPX. Well, over time, if, if the energy sector is outperforming the tech stocks, which are going down, that's going to help alleviate some of the down of the SPX, right? You see in the Dow Jones, the Dow Jones has a lot of value instruments. It has, more, has less tech stocks maybe than, than the NASDAQ. So the, the, you could be bearish US equities on the indices. But if you're smart about it, you're going to go in the sectors, you'll use the heat map, you'll look, you'll compare each sector with one another, and you'll want to go along the sectors that are actually all green or outperforming the sectors which are red, and you want to stay away from those, right? Mm -hmm. So that's great. Don't put everything in one bucket. There's definitely some great sectors in the SPX, but you really got to, um, to see them, let's say in a heat map or on their chart merits. There, there's some that are probably going to be breaking out, you know, uh, on their own chart merit. So 
when people say they're bearish U.S. equities, they're mostly bearish the bearish sectors in the U.S. equities. And that's why it's fun to pick on the NASDAQ because NASDAQ is primarily the the tech stocks, you know, that probably mm-hmm. in there. Mm-hmm. So th- that's a big nuance to do, right? But overall, in a bear market for U.S. equities, even if there's some bullish sectors in the in the SPX 500, it will it will still get dragged down. It will still underperform uh, gold, etc. So it's still a big guideline for that. But uh, it's not all doom and gloom within the SPX. So Pat, is there anything? Anything else that maybe you'd like to go over, like like maybe that portion of of oil and gas, crude crude chart, something like that, that you know is really going to be affected by if if we do get a, a bigger recession this coming year. You know, I, I saw a stat the other day that the IMF projected that a third of the countries in the world are going to be experiencing a recession this year. So that is obviously going to have a, a dramatic effect on oil demand. So, you know, how do you see that developing? Well, that's the catch again, because now if they're talking about a potential recession, mm-hmm. we might already be in it and we might exit it. Goils, oil might be going, if people, that's why I put, uh, I'll show you this chart I put out. Or I could just rebuild it real fast. It's super fast for me to do. I'll put a um, US oil. Reset chart, remove drawings. Okay, here's a super duper oil chart. And I could put, uh, I'll put the recessions on top. Reset, reset. Shit, there you go. You're beautiful. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Here's the oil chart. Right now, it's approaching a breakout line. There might be a little, a one little lower here. Mm-hmm. You see, yeah, oil dumps before the recession. And in hindsight, look at in hindsight, then it backfilled it. And then it started recovering. Here, it started recovering one, two, three, four, five months before the uh, the recession was declared over. Mm-hmm. So if they think we're going to recession, it's possible that we're already, they're going to backfill it. We're going to be already in it. And I'm going to be looking at oil if ever oil is able to bounce uh, off either of these lines, okay, so there's two roll maps right now for oil. It could stop here or it could go all the way maybe down here. But as long as it stays below this line here, which I'll call the wake up. I can't see it. Okay, Put it here, move that here. Whoops. I don't have it. Okay. Ah, that's an arrow. Until it gets back above this here, then you're right. We're at risk. So yes, there are those macro type of news coming up, Mm -hmm. but what's more efficient than news and waiting for the SWIFT and whoever's putting out these news in, just wait for the actual oil chart to tell you what's what. When oil does starts moving out aggressively and breaking out above key resistance lines, then you know that you're good, guys. That's 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 what I'm thinking. So for oil, there's massive, massive support right where it is. I'll show you another place where it's it should hold. All this zone here, this is what I call the support, a wall, previous resistance turned support. 
Let me put some colors. Go background here. So all this is only here. Here's a congestion area, create support, 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 breaks down, now becomes resistant. Resistance zone can get above, it's below, can get above, get above. It breaks above, it retests it from above. Now that's support, it goes up. Now it's heading back in that zone. This, your bias has to be bullish until this zone is totally melted through. So yeah, I'm, I'm on hold. I, there's an opportunity for really for oil to, to move up. And there's another bias to, to think that oil is going to move up is the gold versus, I'll overlay the gold versus SPX. And that's how you do a little bit of the weight of evidence. If I overlay the gold to SPX chart on that, you'll see that it tracks it. So here's the oil, the gold to SPX. If you think oil is going to keep going down, there's a good chance that gold will not break out versus SPX and it's going to be bad. But if you think gold will break out versus SPX, I'm going to put a line here, gold versus PX. It's a beautiful trend line here. If you think that gold is going to break out versus... Ah, it's so messy when I overlay like that. Let me just move it here. If you think that gold is going to break out versus PX, then you have to assume that oil will, will bottom and turn up uh, turn up eventually there. So mm -hmm. they're moving in different, different speeds, but the bias is upwards. These are higher lows above an important wall. Uh, I can't trade news, man. I'm not. Imagine taking a decision based on that, the WEF, and then they change their mind and then they revise their data. You're, you're trapped. Because what do you do now? It's like, it's total insanity trading anything other than price. It's, it's uh, unless you think you're a supercomputer and you're able to crunch all these analyses and you're better than the market, I, I just don't see the use. Just, just, just look at the chart. Mm -hmm. Right now, you shouldn't be in oil. It's in, de in the, the bad zone, but there is an opportunity that if it goes back above this line, then it's go time. And that means probably gold also is going to break out and the miners are going to go bonkers and we're all going to have a great time. We're going to be on that yacht there that uh, Chris Irons was talking about <laughs> on your podcast there. He said that one of your rich followers, oh, guys, you can invite me too. I want to be on the party. <laughs> <laughs> I, got a, I got a text last night from a friend of mine that said he... He's going to be willing to be our bartender on that, on the yacht. So, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, it's, look, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be fun, right? Because uh, it's, it's always great uh, if you own these stocks and you buy the breakouts. It, it's fun, you know, having that money there. We'll, we'll be doing hashtag YOLO. It'll be our turn. We'll be telling the Bitcoin guys, uh, <laughs> sucks to be poor, right? <laughs> we won't, we won't, we're humble, guys. We'll never do that. Yeah, well, you gotta you gotta practice that humility and practice, you know, being being more inclusive, right, Pat? Oh, Jesus! <laughs> oh man. Well, Pat, I I appreciate your time for that, and you you showing us your your charts and what you're thinking for the year ahead. Here, is there anything else you want to go over before we wrap up? No, that's great, Tom. I'm uh, super happy to be on your show. There, I, I listened to. Uh, all your guests there and uh, people just follow me on Twitter and uh, get, get all the, the good stuff there. There have fun guys. Yeah. Twitter at bad charts one. And of course, northstarbadcharts.com. Right. All right. Thanks guys. Perfect. Thanks Pat. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. Nothing on this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Guests on this show are not compensated for their appearance. 
Listeners are urged to educate themselves and make their own decisions. Do not base any investment decisions on the information contained. To view our full disclaimer, please visit our website.